You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. to everyone in the house. Please do not tune out because you heard marriage panel. This is actually for everyone that's here. This is, this is for the married. This is for the people who want to be married, maybe have been married in a relationship. If you have friendships, tune in, lean in. Don't, don't tune out because it's like, oh, here's another marriage panel. Because what you hear here on stage, you can actually take into your relationships in the everyday. So please don't tune out. Great, great, great. So I want to jump right into it. Um, this is a conversation. We'd love to have a conversation, re- go really deep, because the deeper we go in this conversation, the more you are going to benefit as, as married couples, as dating couples, those of you who aspire to be married, like my wife said. I'd love to start with Tony and Elisa, right? You guys are, again, rock stars. I want your autograph. I'm kind of gushing over here. <laughs> Tony is my man crush. I'm just going to throw that out there. Elephant in the room. Um, But I'd love for you to share a little bit about intimacy and connection, right? You guys are are really well known for what that looks like. And I'd love for you to share. You've been married for 24 years, right? I I believe, based on the conversations that we had, that it keeps getting better and better. Uh, what, What are some tips and tricks on how to keep the intimacy and the connection alive and well? We've got a couple in here that's been married for 52 years. 40, 42 years. I'm prophesying 52. Um... (laughs) How do, you, how do we keep the intimacy and the connection at that high level so you don't run out of steam? Like, why is this so important and how do we do it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's interesting because when we say intimacy, what is the word that most of us think about? Sex. Right? It, it's sex. Elisa and, I, Elisa and I have been podcasting for 11 years, and what we found over those 11 years, there's actually six intimacies. There's emotional intimacy. There's physical intimacy, financial intimacy recreational intimacy, spiritual intimacy, and sexual intimacy. And if we look at our marriages and those six pillars, we can see which ones we need to hone in on. So as Stephen was talking about, hey, connection, communication, well, that's our emotional intimacy. How are we we connecting together? And Elise and I over the last 24 years have learned dearly that being emotionally connected and being able to communicate with one another is vital. And you guys are going to communicate differently. God has made you each uniquely, which is just so amazing. He's made you each uniquely, and then he's brought you guys together. So your communication style may be different than what Elise and I do, which we love what we call walk and talks, which is get out of your house, get out of your surrounding, hold each other's hands, and just go for a walk. You know, it may be for some of you, maybe a drive, like it's a, just a drive and dive. Like you just want to drive up the coast, or you want to drive to the water, you're driving to the mountains, just Get in a place where you guys can do that. And then sexual intimacy, I'll let my, my beautiful wife take that one. <laughs> wow, you handed that off pretty quickly. <laughs> you know, it's, it comes down to a couple things. And it's really about being intentional in your marriage, right? Whether we are talking about sexual intimacy or we're talking about emotional intimacy, it's not letting things go to chance. Um, years ago, I was at Balboa. We were doing a ministry night, and I just want to share this because a wife came up, and she's like, I'm always, I'm always so tired. Like, you know, it's the end of the day, and I'm so tired. And I said, well, why are you giving your husband the leftovers? I said... You know, and so, and, and this shows up in any area of marriage, right? We were talking specifically about sexual intimacy, but we give God our first fruits. If this relationship is so important, 
why is it going to the bottom of the to-do list? Why is it going to the, yeah, well, when I've got time for you, what happens when the two of you make all forms of intimacy a priority? Because I will tell you, then you actually flow out of abundance instead of out of lack. So actually, Tony, I would like to kind of hone in a little bit on what you said, right? How we're all different Mm -hmm. and it looks different. How do you work through that? Because I know one of the things we had to work through is we both, uh, our our cadence is different, right? Like if I'm upset about something, I process and I need time and I need time away and I need like, I need him to really just get out of my space. (laughs) But yet he's the type, he's like, let's, I want to deal with this right now. So how can you share with us how that emotional intimacy, like how do you work through that knowing that we're two completely different people? And how do, we, how do we work through that, and how do we make it work? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great one, because Elise and I are very similar in that, because when we, when we get in arguments, which even though we talk about marriage all the time, we're not perfect, we get in arguments still. Like, we work together pretty much 24-7. We're in the same house, just as many of you have been for 2020. So we've had to learn our cadence as well over the years. And really what it is is when you guys are in a good spot, you guys got to start setting up some guidelines of how are we going to get through it when we hit those, when we just hit those speed bumps. So knowing that I want to ask questions, and Elisa is a processor as well, what we had to, what we had to learn when we were young married, I didn't get that processing for her was going to take a certain amount of time. I felt like it was just going to go on forever and ever, and I just couldn't ask my questions. And that's what sort of happened in our marriage. And, and then all of a sudden, we would go, like, for days without talking. And I couldn't handle that because I need to know what's going on, and I need to, to, to understand that. So we came up with some guidelines of going, hey, when we get into that place, we need to give each other space. Yeah. What is that amount of time for you guys? Is it a half an hour? Is it an hour? Is it, is it 24 hours? After that time frame, we need to come back together. We have to get back onto the same page, and we have to discuss what the issue is. Because if not, as many of you know, it's going to fester. Unforgiveness is going to happen. You're going to have a fence build up. And if that's happening here today, we're going to... We're going to declare it. We're going to ask God to break that off of you today in your marriage and in your lives, even if it's with a friendship or even a a, a relationship with a mother or a father, because that festering just pulls you away from God. And and I realized we had to get back together and we have to set that up when we're in a good spot, though. I love it. That was such, I mean, such great advice. Uh, You guys are very similar to us and I love it. I think that's why we get along so well. Um, Tony and Carla, right? I, you guys are some of our favorite couples, right? We love doing life with you. For those of you who don't know, Tony is a San Diego firefighter, has yep. been for almost 20 years, right? 20 years. And uh, literally just got off shift right before service started, right? So I was like, why didn't you come in uniform, give your, you know, your wife the Valentine's Day gift that she really wants? And what? Come on, I'm not the only one thinking it. <laughs> Well, what I love is, right, so you're a San Diego firefighter. Your shifts are, you know, four days on, something like that. 24 hours. Tw- 24 yeah, so hours and can sometimes be two days, three days, maybe four days at a time. And, and you have two young children, and you're building a business, and your wife works at Awaken Academy. You've got all, yeah, there's all these and, ands, right? And, and yeah. you're heading up a merge here yes. at, at Eastlake Campus, right? Yes. So there's all these things, and the stresses are real. Right? One of the reasons that we love you so much is because you marry well. You do marriage well. I'd love for you to share 
some of your tips and tricks on how you're so successful in this. He's handing it to me. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, the best thing that God did with me is just really teach me that your marriage is your foundation for literally anything you're going to do. Whether it's build a business, ministry, anything that you're going to launch into, it will only go as high as your foundation can hold. And he taught us that in a really dry season. And right now we're actually coming out of those seasons where it's like one thing after another, after another. And you literally have to get to the point where you stop and you say, we need to stop. We need to look at each other. We need to connect. We need to figure out where we are because we're going this way. We're supposed to be on the same path, heading together, walking forward. And so what I did was I always come back to that. My home is my priority. My home, I have to build my home. I take care of my husband. I take care of my kids. Everything from there, everything will have fruit. And I've seen that. It's natural. It's a God alignment. If you align your home, anything that you hold in your hands that God has entrusted you with will have fruit to it. Now, we have to be wise and have boundaries. But that has it, it's just been proven time and time again in our relationship. And one of the things that I personally have learned is mainly, I guess, for women, um, guard your hearts. In those seasons where it's just so busy and you guys are, you know, one thing after another, it's very easy to, without even trying or knowing, all of a sudden you're a little resentful, you know? Like, we're super busy, but I expect my husband to fight for me. I expect him to show up and be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed at 7 a.m. after five days of work and be like, here I am, baby. I expect those things, even though it's unrealistic, I expect it. So guiding, like, guarding your heart is so crucial in those times and guarding your thoughts towards your husband because even what's unsaid is still in your heart and you guys are one so you can hold your husband back without words and I realized that big time I realized that that was that was a God download and I and I saw it before my eyes I realized that resentment had, in these seasons, like you're saying, like, you marry well. It's because we guard our hearts for that, Beautiful, you know? And I didn't know I had resentment until I realized, uh-oh, I'm resenting him for these things. Yeah. Yeah. And God told me, release your husband. And I said, well, I pray for him all the time. He's like, release your husband. So he began to show me how to do that. Wow. And when I did that... I saw a different, he didn't know that I was doing any of this. I don't even know if you were, you knew that I was resentful at that time. <laughs> Sometimes you need to walk out you for the sake of your marriage. And when I saw that, Pastor Emma came up to me and she said, I see a new freedom in your husband. And I was, and I hadn't shared anything with her. There's a new freedom in your husband. And I realized the power as women to really support our husband. Yeah. That's real. <laughs> that's real. So I don't know if that sums it up, but just yeah. guard your heart. So actually, before, Tony, before you actually uh, talk, I actually want to hone in on something that you said, Carla, is you have needs. Yeah. You have wants. Yeah. Tony's exhausted when he gets home. Yeah. So what I want to kind of hit on right now is mm -hmm. how do you communicate that to Tony? How do yeah. you communicate that to, or do you communicate that with Tony that <laughs> I need this? Mm -hmm. And then Tony, when you get the mic, I would like to ask you also, like, how do you respond to that knowing you're exhausted, knowing I need sleep yeah. and you have yeah. your needs and wants? So I kind of want, so Carla, if you can actually answer that yeah. and then we'll yeah. switch to That's Tony. a really good question because that's been one of our biggest um, journeys and struggles. And I think we learned how to communicate 
Like we learn. I know that when he gets home at 8 a.m., I'm not going to be like, how come you're not asking me about my day? How come you're not asking me how I feel? You know, I've been here for four days with the kids and you should show up. You know, and it should be about me, not about the four-year-old that wants to be all over you, you know. So I still think that, as crazy as that sounds, but your emotions don't dictate how you act and who you are. You have to bring it back. We are mature people that can handle our emotions and say it's not the right time. And so we've learned to choose those times. And I just, you know, if Christina Sines is here, she gave me the best advice ever when I first got married. And I asked her, what about when my needs aren't getting met? What do I do? She's like, you just shut your mouth. Like, I was like, to this day, I've learned to shut my mouth in times that I don't need to say things. <laughs> and that has really saved us a lot of arguments. But um, we've, I, I get to the point where I'm like, okay, babe, I'm getting to that point that you don't like. I'll literally say this. I'm getting to that point that you don't like. So at some point today or tomorrow, we need to talk. We need to sit down. I need some time for us. So in my mind, it's going to happen within 48 hours. And in his mind, he's thinking, I need to figure something out in 48 hours, probably. <laughs> but I learned that, I just learned timing and communication. That has really helped me. Yeah, I'd have to agree that communication has been the key, the key. And, you know, when Carla was talking about that question before, you know, about that dry season and how we got through it, um, we had those conversations, and they weren't pleasant all the time. And as a man, it was hard for me. It was hard for me to sit down and actually sit, listen, take in everything that she was saying. Because immediately, and it goes back to, you know, just kind of, you know, things from my past, I got on the defensive immediately. I, I heard every, she would speak, and all I heard was, well, I, I'm not living up to your standards. I, I'm failing as a husband. I'm not doing it right. I immediately went. That was the filter that I had. But I stayed the course. I, I held the line because I love this woman and God put me with her for a reason. And so I knew that as uncomfortable as I might have been during those conversations, I needed to stay there and listen. Because to hear her speak was actually bringing up things in me that I needed freedom from. That was the biggest thing. Like that is 100%, you know, God, God brought me this beautiful woman for that. You know, because there was things in my past that I allowed to build this wall. And as men, we can do that. We can do that. We can build this wall, and then we go out, we provide, we work, and we take on this persona. And me, as a firefighter, I had to take on a persona. I had to be this strong, fearless, I'm going to run into a burning building and save your life persona. And it became my identity. And I allowed it to dictate pretty much every aspect of my life, including my marriage. So when she sat me down and said, yeah, you're a fireman, that's great, but you're also my husband. Be my husband. I don't need a firefighter right now. I need a husband. You know what I mean? There's no fire going on. And, There's no fire going on. <laughs> we can pretend. Well, we'll, we'll go down that one. There's a question coming, I'm sure, right? <laughs> no, I love it. But you know what I mean? There was just, there were some things that got, that brought up. And I, as I dealt with them and I walked them out, you know what I mean? That really just created the capacity for us to love each other so yeah. much more. And there's a level of maturity so that you guys are made. I mean, been married for less than six years. Yeah. There's a level of maturity that very few couples actually ever step into, and I absolutely love it. Um, so I'd love to go back to Tony and Elisa, because you mentioned in, in the first question, there are six levels of intimacy or six components of intimacy. 
I only remember the sexual intimacy part because I'm a guy. <laughs> so I'd love for you to, to tap into the other five because I know there's five more. Yeah. Specifically, what does it look like in a relationship when those five components aren't there? Because again, as a guy, I know there's six. I only remember one. So how does that impact and affect my marriage? How does that impact and affect my relationships when I'm not focusing on the other five? Sure. So look around this room. There are, I can see, from the stage, I can see four pillars, right? Mm. We'll pretend there are two more. Um, if those four were not supporting the ceiling, we'd all be crushed. We'd be in a world of hurt. We'd be in pain. And that, that's basically what happens when the, the other five pillars, because you remember the sexual intimacy. Um, when, when the pillars aren't strong, your marriage has various levels of support. And that's not to say they're all going to be at 100% all the time because you are human and, you know, yeah. life is life. Yeah. But as you look at emotional intimacy, Tony touched on that. That's a lot of the communication. That's the vulnerability. That's the conversations that you're having. And I wanted to touch on something that Tony and Carla said is, you know, communication is a learned skill. Yeah. Yeah. If some of you are sitting there, and I know, I know it's very likely that in this room there are some of you sitting there going, I just, I just don't know how to talk. That's just not my thing. I'm not vulnerable. I can't be vulnerable. And you've told yourself all of these things. Let me tell you, this is a house of transformation. You can actually learn how to communicate well. And, you know, yes, we're at Balboa, but, you know, I'm looking around this room going, there are a lot of mentors in this room marriage mentors. Um, so that's the emotional intimacy. Then you get into the physical intimacy and you'll notice that Tony and I sit very close together. Yeah. Yeah. The physical intimacy is all the touch. Doesn't necessarily lead to sexual intimacy, but it's the, it's the hand holding. It's yeah. the, yeah. you know, yeah. arms around each other, kissing, you know, cuddling on the couch. It's all of those things because guess what? You were designed to be touched yeah. and to touch. Yeah. And in relationships, and this, I'm just going to take this outside of marriage for a second. You'll notice Awaken is a very friendly church. If you're brand new, um, you might have gotten like 22 hugs yes. between the front door and in here or high fives or whatever because it matters. Yeah. That connection really matters. Yeah. 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 So we, we, we got physical. So we got uh, spiritual intimacy. It, it's what you're doing here. And what does it look like in your marriage to be spiritually intimate? For some of you, it is being in the house, holding hands, praying together, praying for one another. For others, it may just be that worship music that you listen to in your car together in your home. So that's your spiritual intimacy. Financial intimacy. Who here deals with money? Anybody? Yeah. All right. So we got to talk about our finances. What does it look like? And not just from a, hey, what, what's our budget, but what does it look like leaving a legacy? Yeah. You know, so there's our financial intimacy, recreational intimacy. That's your date time and your activities you do together. And then we have sexual intimacy, and that's your sexually intimate time together. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. So we are coming really close to wrapping up uh, this panel, and I appreciate you so much. Final words, right? Laser, final words. How do we marriage well in 2021? We'll start with the Rivera's first. Laser, laser final words. Oh. <laughs> um, wow. First and foremost, deep uh, intimacy with Jesus. Uh, that by far, nothing has brought me closer to Jesus than marriage and kids <laughs> and dating. Um, but I'll tell you what. When I married this man, I knew that I knew that I knew that this man was the perfect partner for me. And that was because I dove into God like no other. And when I got married, 
I didn't see all of it, but God had told me, everything you asked me for is in that man. You just have to help bring it out. And I fought with God a little bit, but that is what did it. To this day, I have no doubt, even when we argue, even when we have our worst fights in the world, I know that I know that this partnership cannot be broken because it is tied with God. Uh, and just how Carla touched on uh, in the previous question is, is marriage is your foundation. Yeah. It is your foundation. It is your number one ministry. Everything stems from it. I have the honor of, you know, doing so many great things, not only in this church, but just in life. But it always comes back to my marriage. Mm. Everything comes back to my marriage. If I love her well, everything else in my life will go well. So just remember that it yeah. is your number one priority. It is your number one ministry. And I promise, I promise, I promise everything else will fall in alignment when you love her or him well. Great. Great. <laughs> I know. Gosh. Um, I'd say to have an extraordinary marriage, it's two things. You got to be intentional and you need to take action. And you, you, you need to step in. You got you to gotta take a step of faith. And, and, I, and I've been on this journey for 24 years with Elisa. The first 11, we almost got divorced twice. The last 13 years, we've been intentional and we take action. And no matter if we stumble, no matter if we fall, no matter if we get in arguments, no matter if we've had loss, no matter whatever may happen, we continue to go, all right, how can we be intentional in this little area and how do we take action in it? And lastly, get in this house. Because yeah. this is a house of transformation. And when we stepped in it almost six years ago, I was broken. Mm. I may have had a top marriage podcast, but I was broken. And in this house, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay. I was moved to be around some amazing people. And I just yeah. am excited for what's going to come for our marriage and for your guys' as well. So it's always great when you go forth and everybody else has had a chance to say something. Um, <laughs> believe the best is yet to come, that, that you haven't plateaued, that, that your best days aren't behind you, that you can actually step into the dream that God placed on your heart to be in a relationship, to have the most extraordinary marriage. You, the best, God's best for you is yet to come. I love that. I know for us, when we talk to our couples, we always tell them, if you always remember that your spouse or your partner is for you, then you can go forward. You can always, God, if you love each other and you're for each other, God can restore any marriage, relationship, whatever that looks like. But as long as you are for each other and you remember that, God can always heal and always restore. And not only that, but bring next level marriage and relationships. So at this time, uh, we would love for you guys to pray us out and pray over whatever God leads you to do. So, amen. Thank you guys so much. Awesome. Can everybody stand, please? Let's give a big round of applause for these guys. Aren't they just amazing? I love these guys. And it's truly an honor for Elise and I to be here today with you guys. Um, as we go out today, I, I really feel, as we were sitting there, that we want to go out just with, with just some fire, some passion, right, for all of us. And so to do that, the first song we, we sang today was Rattle. And God talks about in Ezekiel with the, the dry bones in the valley, right? And, I, and there's probably some dry bones in here today. Yeah. Maybe there is some unforgiveness you're holding on to. 
Maybe there's some offense you're holding on to. Maybe there's some anger you're holding on to. Whatever it may be, give it to God today. Give it to God today. Let him breathe into you today. Let him put the muscles back on and, and the skin back onto those dry bones. Because I know, and I have been there, I have been in a marriage where it's been dry, where, it, where the bones were seriously rattling in the valley, where I didn't know if we would get out of it. And yet God said, I love you, son. I love you, daughter, and I have you. So Lord, today... Lord, I declare that if there's any unforgiveness in any heart in this room today, Lord Jesus, you break it off. Lord Jesus, as your sons and daughters cry out to you here right now, Lord Jesus, hear their prayers, Lord Jesus. Lord, that they are filled with your Holy Spirit, with your love and your peace, your glory, Lord, right now in your mighty name. And when we were in worship today, um God actually highlighted two groups of people to me. And as you've got your heads bowed, um, I just want you to raise your hand so that we can pray specifically for you. But there was very clearly um, to me that some of you here have been wondering if God's been hearing your prayers about relationship, about your marriage, about wanting to be in a relationship. And if that's you, can you please just raise your hand because we wanna pray over you. We know, we know that we serve a God that hears every prayer. And God just made it really clear to me that you were to hear today that he has heard your prayers and he has got your miracle in motion right now that every time you have cried out, he has heard you. And while we all want the easy button, we all want God to just, you know, snap his fingers, that there's a process and God is, our God is a God of process. And right now your miracle is being worked out. The second group of people that got highlighted to me were those of you who feel like you can't restore your marriage because of shame or guilt or something that you've done. And again, every head is bowed. Um, but if that's you, please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. Thank you. Father God, thank you that this is a place and a time that you have created for us to be able to remember who you are. Just like Pastor was saying, you are, you are our Heavenly Father. Thank you that right now, every heart is open to you. Thank you, God, that you are speaking to them, that you are reminding them how much they are loved, that there is nothing that they can do or have done that has separated them from you, and that you are looking at them with the loving eyes of a father that says, you are my beloved. I love you, my sons and daughters, so much. And I just want to close with the remembrance that your days in your relationships, the best is yet to come. And your heavenly father is so excited for what's going to happen in 2021 with your relationships, with your marriage, dating, engaged, wherever you may be, that you are, you are his beloved sons and daughters, and that he only has good in store for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenchurch.com.